Greetings. You are listening to the podcast of Ignitus Ministries, and this is your host, Pastor Tom Fillinger, speaking. Today, in our podcast, I will be drawing from an article entitled Evangelicals and Catholics Together, a Post-Mortem. There's some history in, in this effort. Uh, there's also some some humor. Um, when this effort was presented, the participants met at the church in Florida where D. James Kennedy was the pastor. And there were some pretty uh, significant evangelical individuals involved in that. Uh, John MacArthur, uh, Mark Dever, R.C. Sproul, uh, of course, Chuck Colson. And and I want to begin there when I mention Chuck Colson. The reason that this initiative was constantly pressed was that, and, and many people did not and do not know this, Chuck Colson's wife, was a Roman Catholic. And so obviously he was going to support this proposed alliance, I guess I would call it, to satisfy the theological perspective that his wife held. Well, the tension in that, um, in the in the Council of Trent, which was a... Uh, a body that met for actually years after Martin Luther launched the Reformation, the Council of Trent says, I think it's in Article 31, that if you believe in salvation by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone, let them be anathema, cursed. So, if you are a a devoted believer in what we know as justification, a forensic declaration by the Lord Jesus when we confess faith in him, the Father credits the righteousness of Christ to us by imputation. Well, that's not the position of the Roman Catholic Church. And I mentioned humor. At some point, as the deliberation dragged on and on, as meetings often do, R.C. Sproul jumped up on the conference table, stomped his feet, and said, What is wrong with you people? (laughs) That has become a banner that R.C. now deceased, is well known for. The article that I'm drawing these comments from is posted in the newsletter, so you will do well to read that, and I will, as I said, just draw some uh, uh, particular statements from that. Uh, The first is this, since 1994 publication of Evangelicals and Catholics Together, known as ECT, the evangelical body has been convulsed periodically over the doctrine of justification. 
That's an understatement. This series of events has puzzled some Reformed Christians. After all, it had seemed to many Reformed folk over the last 50 years that the Evangelicals were our friends. We had an arrangement. The Calvinists wrote the books, and the enthusiastic Evangelicals did the lead work. In that period, we had made common cause with the Evangelicals on the doctrine of the truthfulness and reliability of Scripture. One had only to think of the founder of Christianity Today, Carl Henry, author of a massive series of works defending the Scripture to see the strength of the movement. Yes, we said we have our differences, such as on the church and sacraments, but these evangelicals, we said, are our friends. There were warning signals, however. Decades ago, Cornelius Van Til at Westminster Seminary, and by the way, as I record this, I'm looking at one of my bookcases, and there's a shelf full of books written by Cornelius Van Til. He was a proponent of presuppositional apologetics, and he had warned that the Reformed are not really quote-unquote evangelicals at all, and that despite the appearance of family relations, there were deep-seated differences. We Reformed, Van Til said, begin with the triune God, with divine revelation, and the objective work of Christ for sinners. The evangelicals, he warned, begin with religious experience. I want to read that again because I think it is absolutely true and it has brought us to where we are. So Van Til said, the evangelicals, he warned, begin with religious experience. If you wonder about that, talk to people that you pastor and ask them where their confidence lies. They will tell you oftentimes that they raised their hand, that they walked down an aisle, that they got baptized, that they're church members. But very often you will not hear in response to that question, my confidence is in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. You won't hear them singing the Getty song in Christ alone. So in 1990, Robert Brow published his now infamous essay in Christianity Today, Evangelical Megashift, in which he proved Van Til right and signaled a sharp departure from what had long been regarded as evangelical theological norms. One of the megashifts touched the doctrine of justification. We need, he said, to leave the old courtroom metaphor for justification for a warm family analogy to describe our relations with God. We should not think of him as a judge, but as a father. Sin is not a judicial problem. It's a family problem. God no more excludes people from his family on account of sin 
than a father throws out his children because they're, they err. I hope you see the discrepancy in that. It is sin that separates us. It is only justification by the uh, declaration of the imputed righteousness of Christ that brings us salvation. So, Brow was toting as new nothing more than an elixir made of evangelical pietism, old-fashioned liberal universalism, with a dash of Roman Catholic moralism added for flavor. Condemned by many as a seducer, it turns out that Brow was a prophet of a new wave of baby boomer evangelicals tired not only of their father's Oldsmobile, but of the Reformation doctrine of justification. So, prominent evangelical co-signers such as J.I. Packer defended the document. When asked to explain how, having defended stoutly the Reformation doctrine of salvation by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone, he, that is Packer, could apparently give them all away. Packer responded with an answer which can only be described as the equivalent of saying, quote, it seemed like the thing to do at the time, end of quote. <clears throat> Still stinging from rebukes by the likes of Mike Horton, now associate professor at Westminster Seminary in California, and R.C. Sproul, I mentioned to you R.C.'s dramatic opposition to this by jumping up on the table and screaming at the top of his voice, What is wrong with you people? The ECT crowd tried once more to get it right in The Gift of Salvation, an article published in 1998. This time they addressed directly the matter of justification. They found even more common ground between evangelicals and Rome, whereas it seemed clear to most that the evangelicals had given up too much in the ECT, in the gift of salvation, the evangelicals appeared to win the better of it. The gift of salvation declared that justifi justification, quote, is not earned by any good works or merits of our own, end of quote. It continued, quote, We understand that what we here affirm is in agreement with what the Reformation traditions have meant by justification, by faith alone, sola fide, end of quote. It even used the expression, quote, justified sinners, something which some felt no honest Roman Catholic could or would ever subscribe to. The evangelical convulsions over justification mean this. Van Til was correct. The fundamental principle of the evangelicals, at least in the modern period, is religious enthusiasm. Because this is so, religious experience trumps truth every time. Let me say that again, folks, because I encounter it seven days a week as I work with pastors and churches. Because this is so, 
Religious experience trumps truth every time. We, on the other hand, are not revivalists or enthusiasts, that is to say, we are not evangelicals. It's clear to me that after hearing and reading the explanations of some of the participants in the ECT process, and after talking to others who were at the negotiating table, it is common religious experience, not biblical and confessional truth, which drives them. That is true, folks. So here's the concluding paragraph. As for us and our households, let us confess the Heidelberg Confession. I would suggest at least many Baptists were have never consulted that document, have never thoughtfully read through it and considered the theological expressions that it makes. The Belgic Confession and the Canons of Dort and leave the signing of endless compromises to the revivalist. The clear biblical teaching as summarized in all the canons in Confession, Articles 22 to 24, and Catechism, question 60, is unchanged. Note, the sole ground of our righteousness before God is the imputation of Christ's active and passive obedience, Romans 3, 27-28, Romans 4, 3, and Colossians 2, 13-15. The sole instrument of our justification is saving faith, which is the gift of God, which looks to Christ and his righteousness alone, Romans one seventeen and three twenty two and Ephesians two eight to ten. This is what we mean by our solace, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. About these things there must be no doubt in confessional reformed churches. The evangelical uncertainty about the gospel and the continuing quest for social influence through alliances with Rome should, and I would say must, serve as a reminder not to hold these treasures casually. So, there's a, a summary. As I said, the article is in the uh, link in the newsletter. I encourage my listeners to read it thoughtfully and prayerfully, and most of all, to understand the subtle but very significant danger in trusting religious experience rather than the finished work of Christ for your salvation. Again, this is Pastor Tom Fillinger. Thanks for listening. You can contact me by calling 803-413-3509 and leave me a voicemail. I will return your call. Or send me an email at info at igniteus.net. Thanks for listening. God bless. We pray daily for all the pastors and churches that we serve. And we look forward to hearing your response to this podcast. Until 
Next time, God bless and bye-bye.